With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. back to amazing avenue audio happy opening day we are back with our opening day spectacular we're doing things a little bit differently this year uh the purpose of this podcast today is to be used as your sort of pre-game for the opening ceremonies you know for the announcement of the lineups and the first pitch and all that that that's all fun but if you're anything like me about 10 o'clock you start getting the shakes you want the you want the day to start and so this is meant to be started one half hour before opening uh before the opening ceremonies begin before what's the word i'm looking for chris not opening ceremonies the uh pre-game ceremonies i guess so yeah the opening day festivities maybe yeah um i think ceremony works but yeah yeah. Uh, well, festivities sounds more like something Howie Rose, who MCs this, would say. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm Brian, this is Chris, and uh, we're here to take you through the, uh, the the Mets opening day and hopefully have some fun with, uh, with it along the way. So, um, Chris, are you going tomorrow? I am not. I considered it, but um, 
for a variety of reasons, I'm not. I'm, I am going to take the uh, the afternoon to watch the game at home on TV. And you know, it's opening day is funny. Uh, if I go, I'm all about it. If I don't go, I'm all about not being in the crowds and agreed. <laughs> Just yes. watching it on TV. Yeah, like, give me a playoff game crowd. I will stand in every line, and you know, even a good bobblehead. Maybe you know, I'll I'll, I'll deal with it. But opening day, um, I guess it was just never like drilled into me that you know, like okay, got to do opening day every year. You know? Yeah, I've only been probably four or five times, and while it's fun, it can be terribly cold. It can be uh, a pretty poor game because you know everyone is still in their early season malaise. And, uh, you know, the, the, the adrenaline always only takes you so far, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, we, we are, uh, we're trying to keep this like to a half hour. And so, uh, it's, it's, uh, 28 minutes before the start of the opening festivities. So if you're at the ballpark, get in line for some food right now. If you are at home and you, or you want to order some food, pizza, wings, whatever you like, now would be a good time to place that order. So it arrives. We've seen enough to get up in the middle of the, uh, of Howie Rose announcing all the Mets. Um, so yeah, that is, uh, that's what you should be doing right now. Food wise. If you're listening to this when we hope you are. Um, but yeah, what, what was the last opening day you went to Chris? Uh, I went to the home opener last year, which I believe was not opening day. I think it was the, you know, they started on the road and came home. If I remember correctly. Um, but if I'm going with the best one, it was when I flew down to Florida for 2008, not spring training. Mets at Marlins. Johan Santana makes his first start as a Met. Oh, wow. Um, that was something that uh, it turned out, it wound up being my wife, uh, but girlfriend at the time. Uh, and I took the trip with a diehard Mets fan friend of mine and uh, sort of made it, you know, Florida, beach, alligators, and that game. Uh, kind of, tri- and it was just a quick trip, like three days, two nights. Um, but yeah, that 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 stands out just because of the effort and the uniqueness of it. But um, yes, my dad, right. my dad and I have been to a bunch, you know, a bunch of them. Like we didn't go to a ton of them, uh, you know, growing up or anything. We went to plenty of games, just not typically opening day. Right. Um. So we've been to a a, a bunch of them uh, over the years, but it's it's not. Like I have a lot of close Mets fan friends who it's like the religious, you know, gotta be there, you know. And yeah. I get it. Like I don't, I don't knock it. It's just I can, I can enjoy it both ways. Um, so yeah, yeah. To me, there, there are way, way better ways to spend your uh, your opening day than necessarily at City Field. I know that's blasphemy for a lot of people, but that's you know, that's just the way I feel. The last opening day I went to was in 2011, and it was a particularly bad day. Um, the Mets yeah. lost, which is never a fun opening day. It was, and a rarity on opening day for yes, them. Yes, yes. And it was, like, bitterly cold. But also, it was right after my 10th high school reunion. And uh, I reconnected with an old friend I haven't seen since graduation. And we made dinner plans because she lived in the city. So I was like, oh, you know, after the Met, after opening day, we'll meet for, for dinner. And she thought, oh, that's a great idea. So I thought it was going to be this, like, casual, just, like, having dinner. And I walked into the restaurant we were meeting at, and, like, 15 of her friends were there. And they, were, and they were all like in blazers and dressed really nicely, and I was in a David Wright jersey, and they were all horrible, horrible yuppies, and uh, yeah. And then I getting off the bus coming home, my iPod fell out of my pocket and the bus ran it over. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> it was a really bad day. So yeah. I, I've kind of sworn off opening days since then. 
Uh, hey, I don't, I don't blame you. Yeah, yeah, rough day. Um, but anyway, uh, let's talk about the pitching matchup. So for the Mets, we obviously have Noah Syndergaard. I think every Mets fan is happy that he appears to be, you know, throwing gas nice and free and easy. He's taken off some of the excess muscle and some of the crazy off-season workout regimen he was doing last off-season. So that's a good thing. Um, overall, are you most excited about Syndergaard going into this season? Yeah. So it's a funny thing. Every year I have somebody I like better than DeGrom. Um, and typically in the end of the, you know, by the end of the season, I should say, it's uh, it's DeGrom who leads the team in B-War, which I think is probably the best combination of actual performance that happened on the field and durability and all that. Right. So usually it's the Grom who ends up there. Um, but as great as he is and as talented as he is, and uh, you know, if you told me my, my answer to the, like who pitches the one must win game might be a close call, but overall the, the Syndergaard stuff just, yeah, that it, it kind of overwhelms me a little bit. I think so. It's, he seems like a video game pitcher. Yeah, no, and it's just like I obviously he wasn't healthy for much of last year, but when he was, you know, this is a guy who it, it's very tough in the league that has um, Clayton Kershaw in it to say Cy Young contender about anybody. Right. I mean, Dickey beat him for one. Um, but I think Syndergaard is on that level that, you know, if he stays healthy, he's capable of putting up an ERA in the low twos. Um, you know, Kershaw sometimes ends up even better than that. But but to even be saying something seriously like that about a guy is a very high compliment. Um, so, yeah, it's I, I, my excitement is adjusted appropriately. Uh, I'm like 5% less excited about DeGrom than Syndergaard. But, yeah, it, it, that's my dude. I mean, I, I think that's a, a fairly reasonable take. Even if you're a huge um, DeGrom fan, DeGrom is – I mean, I, it might turn out that DeGrom is the much better pitcher at the end of his career, that he's put together this consistency this, – this, this consistent you know, career of just above-average seasons and staying healthy and all that – but I don't know if DeGrom will ever be as exciting on a game-to-game basis as Syndergaard is. Yeah, yeah. And that it, it's a great debate to get to have. Absolutely. Once well, upon we, a time, we, there we were other say, members the of way, the debate. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, we should say we are, we are 22 minutes from the opening ceremony. So if you are at the ballpark, now is a good time to get up and get to, uh, to Garden State Brews. No, what's it called? Um, Empire State Brews? Uh, right yeah yeah so who knows exactly where they've placed them but the empire craft beer stands are are good not to be confused with big apple brews uh, i think which is maybe where some of that uh (laughs) that came from but yeah the empire state craft um beer stands last year they were behind like 519 520 and in the left field corner where keith skrill used to be keith skrill moved um, so who knows if you find either of those two things and you're kind enough and listening, tell me where they are before I go to my first game. <laughs> yeah. 
Nice but the, the Empire State Craft one is good. And uh, my two-second review, the McKellar Brewery is excellent. Uh, and I'm under the impression that the McKellar beer that's served in the stadium should be canned in the stadium as well. Oh, wow. That is fun. They are canning there. So I don't know why they would do anything other than <laughs> right. like bring it inside. Um, so, yeah. So get your beer is what you're saying. If you're at the ballpark, get your beer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, you were saying about how great it is to have this debate over over two, you know, truly excellent starting pitchers, and uh, it is it is such a nice thing for us to have. And you know, even for a team that has been blessed with with quality starting pitching over its entire run, this still seems like it could be a special one two combination. Yeah. Um. So, Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about who's starting for the Cardinals tomorrow? So it's well. If you're listening right now, it's today. Oh, today uh, Sorry, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, well, Carlos Martinez. Um, you know, he's he's a pretty decent pitcher. Uh, I don't want to undersell him too much here. Uh, he's a right, but yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, he's been durable over the last two seasons. Fifteen, uh, sixteen. You know, he had the, an ERA in the, the, the very low threes, 3.01, 3.04. Last year, uh, 3.64, not uncommon for a pitcher to see as ERA rise given the way that home runs changed. And like so many other guys, um, you know, his home run rate almost doubled um, from what he had pitched uh, previously. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I it's probably unfair to knock him too much for the things that happened last year, because part of that was just whatever. I mean, the baseball, it seems pretty obvious, but uh, you know, what, whatever the cause was uh, that players were hitting home runs at record rates, it seems to have, uh, you know, victimized him a little bit. So this is a good pitcher. Uh, you could absolutely take him on your fantasy team. Not that that's like the best measurement, but <laughs> You know, this is a a good guy. He is not in the Syndergaard tier. No, um, it's it's not even really close. Like on the Mets, he would clearly be the number three, and I, he'd be he'd be over every other candidate for the three by a wide margin uh, going into this season. But he also wouldn't be sniffing the one or two. So, you know that that's not that's not an insult, um, but it's. It's not like the days that Adam Wainwright was, you know, top five pitcher in baseball, ace type guy atop right. their rotation. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair uh, assessment of uh, of his stuff. What I think is interesting about this um, this Cardinals team, and interesting is the wrong word based on what I'm about to say, but just how I feel like. There hasn't been a real marquee Cardinals rookie or acquisition in the last couple of years, and yet I still feel like the Cardinals are just one of the best teams in baseball at churning out you know new talent all the time. And right. looking at this lineup, like I don't I don't know if any of these players were playing for the Cardinals three or four years ago. Maybe I guess Yadier was obviously, um, but was anybody else on this team a Cardinal three four years ago? Colton Wong maybe. Uh, well, in, in the organization, yes. Um, I mean, I mean, on, on the major league squad. 
Right. right okay. Yeah. Uh, well, let's double check. Carpenter's been around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he has. He's he's like the quintessential cardinal dude. Yeah. Um, so he's a long term guy. Wong has been on. I mean, he's, he made his debut in 2013, but 14 from 14 on, he's been there. He he really only had his first like good hitting season last year. Right. Um. What else? I mean, the, Marcelo Zuna is certainly he's a he was a revelation yeah. last year. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he, he certainly doesn't fit that. Uh, but you know, Fowler spent time elsewhere for a long time. Jerko came up with the Padres, right? Um, and you know, Fam is a relatively new guy. Yeah. Um, what I was just saying is, it's you know, there's they're a remarkable team in just how consistent they are at producing new talent. Yeah. Even without a superstar. You know. Right. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That's always been their reputation. And I think for them, so much of this season probably depends on if Ozuna is that superstar. Right. You know, and it's easy to think he could be coming off of what he did last year. And, you know, the Marlins finally stopped messing with him and just let him play and then got rid of him like half of well, all the really the best players on the roster, but half of the starting lineup. Um <laughs> So well, yeah, yeah. If you are uh, if you're watching the game at home, it's 15 minutes or so before the uh, opening festivities, and so this is a good time to put on SNY. Just in the background, have a little bit of uh, Nelson Figueroa and Gary Apple, you know, in case anything interesting happens, in case Bobby V shows up, you know, uh, 15 minutes is probably enough of uh, background pregame stuff for you. So put on the game now if you are uh, if you're at home. Um, so. Uh, we should probably talk a little bit about uh, the Mets lineup as well. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of went more on the pitching than I thought we were going to do there based on my crude timeline here. But um, <laughs> the Mets are, are starting uh, Brandon Nimmo in center field and leading off tomorrow. Uh, the lineup yeah. goes uh, Nimmo, Cespedes, uh, Frazier. This, sorry, Nimmo, Cespedes, Bruce, Cabrera, Frazier, Gonzalez, Plowecki, Syndergaard, Rosario. So this is already a very different look than you got with Terry Collins as manager, with Syndergaard batting eighth and with uh, Cespedes in the two hole. What do you think of? Uh, what do you think of? The, I know lineup construction is one of the most overrated things to talk about, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> what do you think of this lineup? Uh, yeah, paper? no, it's it's still good to see one that uh, is constructed well. Uh, so yeah, I love Cespedes hitting two. I love just right up. You know, from from the beginning of the season, uh, you know, we're not going to be constrained by sort of the orthodox labels that are are placed on certain spots in the batting order. Uh, you know, you've seen some reactions of like a Struble Cabrera is the cleanup hitter, like oh, this team is doomed. You know, like yeah, over the top uh, doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, what those traditional names for those spots were. And like I get it, I get why they existed, and I get why it's hard for people to shake them. But they're just they're just names, you know. So like you have a, a lineup in this particular version of it because you know it could change um, a catcher, it could change a center fielder, it could change. It, you know, it might change soon once Conforto is back. First base, but, hopefully soon. Yeah, that the only thing that concerns me about the lineup is that Adrian Gonzalez is in it. <laughs> yeah. Everything else about it is is fine. I'm totally on board, and and I just like, you know, you've got 
you, you're sort of repeating yourself in a way here. You've got a, a high on base guy in the leadoff spot in Nimmo, uh, Cespedes, who's clearly your best hitter with Conforto out, um, you know, right behind him, best hitter, you know, hitting second is something that we know is um, generally a good idea. Uh, and then Bruce can hit for power. And then you kind of reset a little bit with Cabrera, who's had a pretty good on base percentage the last couple of years. Uh, and because of that, you know, my go-to metric is uh, weighted runs created plus, uh, OPS plus, you know, is pretty much right there. So because of his on-base capabilities, he's rated as a better hitter over than Todd Frazier for the last couple of years. Um, and then that combo is nice to have. So, you go, you know, you have high on-base power, power, uh, pretty good on-base power, uh, a black hole at first base, <laughs> and then... <laughs> You know, Ploiecki and Darno are going to get a lot of crap from Mets fans um, for not being superstars. But if they're both just league average hitters and decent defenders, um, mm. you know that that's fine. So you and Syndergaard obviously is a very skilled hitter. Um, curious to see you know if the Mets stick with pitcher hitting eighth beyond this. And then you have Rosario at the end. Uh, Mickey Callaway said that he liked that it takes some pressure off of him and it gives him a guy who is more of a traditional leadoff hitter um, in the speed sense, uh, you know, and who's at the bottom of the order and can be a guy who, when he gets on base, could be a threat to score with uh, Cespedes and Bruce not too far behind him in the order. So, yeah, sign me up. I'm on board. If they want to do some similar lineup to this for most of the season, um you know, Gonzalez is really the one roadblock to making a lineup that makes everybody happy every day. Yeah. And the other thing about the lineup that is nice is, you know, you have a fair amount of lefty-righty going on, which I know is, is a bit of an overrated uh, move early in a game. But late in the game, it's nice to know that you're not going to be able to necessarily have a, uh, a lefty come in and take out, you know, three hitters in a row. Yeah. So it's a small touch, but it's a nice one. Yeah, no, no, and that, that helps. It's not the most important thing, but when you get it, it's a nice bonus. Absolutely. So we have an email today from a first-time first time writer, first-time long-time. Yeah, says, hey, we, don't, yeah. we don't get that phrase too often, but... No, we don't. But I like we, it. Yeah, love it. Um, random thought I've had for a while, thought I'd drop a note. I really hate the blue jerseys at home and wish they would go back to the plain white of the early 2000s or even the pinstripes, which is obviously still used here and there, but I can understand the hesitance to use that with the obvious relation to the Yankees. Other possible suggestions, we could do something similar to Detroit's jersey, D, with the Mets-style NY instead. Uh, no pinstripes. Something classic, simple, not the mismatched bright blue circus uniforms they've been wearing for a few years now. I feel unnecessarily crabby and old writing this email, although I'm just 22, so maybe I'm an asshole. Uh, I figured you guys and other listeners have opinions on the subject, and I'd love to hear them. Please pardon me if this has been gone over in detail. No, it hasn't. Anything but the blue, jer- but the blue jerseys at home. Thanks again. Let's go Mets, Rob. Well, thanks for the email, Rob, first of all. Um, I am on record as saying that my two least favorite Mets looks are the uh, the black jerseys from days of old. Yeah. Although a lot of folks have a soft spot for those. I, I'm not one of those folks. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but I really disliked the two-tone hat, the, the black hat with the blue brim. Yeah, I owned one, but I, so did I. now I, I now dislike it. Yes, exactly the same situation. And they wore that with this with just like the snow white uniforms, without the pinstripes for a long time. 
And so even though I have fond memories of a lot of those teams, I really don't like those jerseys. So I'm actually fine with the blue jerseys because it's not it's not the black jerseys. Yeah, there you go. I was my response was going to be, uh, are you familiar with the work of Jason Fry? <laughs> Uh, friend of the site from Faith and Fear and Flushing is really not a fan of the blue jerseys. Uh, I don't love them. I don't hate them. Um, one minor thing, just in terms of like what they've done in the past, they have really gone with just the pinstripe home as being sort of the standard. Yeah, um, they've worked in the blue maybe a little bit more often than I would like, but I, I like the pinstripe blue being the the go to. And I would be curious to see a mock up. But you know, you look at this Detroit D jersey; it's very simple. Um, you know, it can have a kind of old-fashioned look to it. If you, I, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to play around with it in Photoshop. Do you um, remember? Jeez, this has to be like 2010, maybe. There was an alternate they wore very briefly, where it was all blue with just an NY on it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was one of the like sort of. Um, was it a Negro League jersey or, or like, in the spirit of? I think it might have been, yeah. yeah. Like, I, f- I forget whether or not it was uh, – I'm just rusty on it. I, a friend of I mine has one. I Google it before, and it's hard to Google that. It's hard to put into right. words what you're trying N- to find. NY there. Mets jersey. <laughs> right, like, exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but that was a, that was a decent uh, alternate. But personally, I wish it was the cream-colored pinstripes all the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, give me that and the road gray. Yep, exactly. And the blue tops are fine for for a uh, maybe uh, I don't know something special. I actually I'm going to revise my earlier statement, Chris. And if we're going to remain friends, I hope you're going to agree with me with this. Huh. Uh, worst jerseys were the camo jerseys. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no, that that's not not even close. I didn't think so. I I didn't think this was going to be a friendship breaking moment, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we should say by the way, it is seven minutes from the opening festivities. So if you're at the ballpark, go ahead to your seats now. You can always get a hot dog later, or uh, you know, Pat Lafrie ate a sandwich, something. But you know, you don't want to miss Howie. So get back to your seats now. Um, so real quickly, let's um, let's do some predictions here. Chris, this would be the first uh, minor leaguer called up. I'll just be consistent with the uh, the brand here on the podcast, and I'll go with Guillaume. All right, I can do. I can. I can back that up too. Uh, who's the first player sent down? Presumably, uh, when Conforto comes off the DL, who's the first sent down? Right, I would go Evans. Yeah, I think that's the obvious choice as well. Although maybe we'll get lucky, and there'll be. Uh, well, I guess it'll be the answer to my next question here. Who's the first player released? Uh, <laughs> um, man, they don't really release guys. But let's just say Gonzalez. Yeah, let's be optimistic on opening day and say Gonzalez. <laughs> um, who's the first player they trade away, you think? Hmm. Uh, if things really go south, one of the relievers, Familia, Ramos, Blevins. See, I've, I've heard rumblings about uh, Ligaris being on the trading block. And yeah, so, that's true. Uh, I'm going to say Ligaris for this one. Um, what's the first team they're going to sweep? Uh, the Cardinals. Good answer. Who's, who's the first team that's going to sweep them? Uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, for whatever reason, I feel like uh, the Mets have been bad against the Dodgers the last few seasons. So I'm going to say the Dodgers will be the first team to sweep them. Um, they, unless it's the playoffs, in which case. Well, yeah. Exactly. But yeah. 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 
Um, all right, let, let's talk about uh, let's let's give out some preseason awards. Who's going to be the team ace this year? Uh, Syndergaard, I think I've established here, and <laughs> just sounded be, like you agreed. Yeah, although uh, just to be different, I might say Degrom. Yeah, 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 that works. You know, even though I think it's probably Syndergaard. Uh, who's going to be the team MVP? Uh, hmm, Conforto. Yeah, I I, I just feel like. If Conforto can be what he was last year, that's a that's a damn good player. Yeah. But I will say, I think there's a case to be made that with a even just a slightly above average offensive season, Ahmed Rosario could be an extraordinarily useful player for this team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go with Rosario just to keep things a little different. Um, most effective call-up, the guy that will make the most impact after being called up. Um, well, I guess I'll stick to my reliever thing and, and, uh, Gerson Batista. Uh, I just liked what I saw in spring training. It's, this could be a terrible pick, but I feel like he's a guy who can get major leaguers out. Um, so yeah. Speaking of a terrible pick, I'm going to say Zach Wheeler. Oh, right. He's a, (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm going to say that, uh, that Wheeler maybe puts it together in the minors and comes up and is a, is a good pitcher. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a, that's a pretty reasonable pick, and I forgot he was in the minors, even <laughs> though I wrote, I wrote about it like a day ago. But I forgot about that already. <laughs> uh, who's going to be the worst player for the team this year? Um, I don't think Reyes is going to get uh, – famous last words here. I don't think Reyes is going to get enough playing time to qualify for that. <laughs> He'll oh, be starting. He'll be starting at a position by like <laughs> April fifteenth. I know, yeah. but um, but so, yeah, somehow they're gonna call up Guillaume, and he and Rosario are gonna get into a crazy collision, and Reyes is gonna have to play both short and second for us at the same time. <laughs> but I guess I mean I hate to just make this the beat up on Adrian Gonzalez episode, but I really don't see another option. Um, even Reyes, as much as I. I'm, like way beyond ready to move on. Um, I can seem to be more useful, uh, it, it, you know, just doing certain things reasonably well. Um, yeah, Reyes has more, um, has more potential spots in the game where you can use him either, either as a defensive sub late or as some speed on the base pads or, you know, a guy who can maybe get on base for you in a pinch hit situation. You know, it's a, if Gonzalez isn't hitting, and it looks like he's not, then we'll get to see. Right. Um, all right. Here, here's one I thought up earlier today. What's going to be the most annoying thing about Mickey Calloway by the end of the season? Uh, I'm going to say, and we're dealing with a small sample of managerial uh, quotes and whatnot, um, but I'm going to say injury updates. Seems like he got pretty testy about that, uh, and he, he hasn't really come off that way about anything else. So I'm going to say that, that, you know, he's not going to have a lot of patience for it. And that may be one thing he has to learn the, uh, <laughs> you know, the reality of the organization he's in. Yes. Um, I think that he's going to be like uh, sickeningly positive and I'm going to get tired of his positivity after a while. Okay. And you know, he's just going to be a guy who can't, who can't take real like I, the opposite of Willie Randolph. If you recall with Willie Randolph, like somebody would have a good day and they'd ask him about it and say like, well, you know, he's a baseball player. And they'd be like, no, 
there be no effusiveness at all. And I feel like Callie is going to effuse over everything. Yeah, we should have a pool for the first time he calls somebody a baseball player. Oh, that's a good one. All right, the over under is Sunday. What do you take? Uh, I'll, I'll go. I'll take the over. I'll take the under. Okay, it's for a beer at our first Mets game. There we go. Okay. Um, and speaking of beers, it is uh, thirty seconds away from the first, uh, not the first pitch, the opening ceremonies. Thank you guys for listening. This was kind of a fun, different show to do, and uh, we hope that you're with us all season. We hope you go to amazingavenue.com where we have so much going up today. It's a crazy day on the site. Check out all we have to offer. And um, we look forward to you being a part of our community over the course of the season. You can follow both of us on Twitter. I'm at Brian Edenap. Chris is at Chris McShane. You can find Amazing Avenue on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, at Amazing Avenue. Go to blogtalkradio.com, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Uh, Email us, podcast at AmazingAvenueAudio.com. Any last words, Chris? Uh, Let's go Mets, and yeah. Let's go Mets. That's it. That's it. (laughs) Enjoy the game, folks.